Welcome back, everybody. This is Mediocre Conversations with your host, Drew, and your host. I think we call me Master Winkle. Master Winkle, indeed. So that's what we call me. We have a special guest star this week on the pod. Um, Tom could not be here, unfortunately. We wish him the best. But um, luckily, we've got an ace substitute in to take over for him. So, and just once again, this the only thing we can guarantee is that you will hear mediocrity when it comes to this podcast. So I, I will second that as well. Yeah, we're not very good. So, Winks, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, you sent us uh, one of your classic emails that had inside of it a theory about the Death Star. And it's a fan theory, as many of them are. And it said that we know that there are no rebels on the Death Star when it's blowing, the second Death Star, when it's blowing up and Luke's pulling Vader off of it. And, but you can hear blaster fire in the background. So how did you come across this? So on top of the numerous podcasts I listen to weekly, I also listen to and watch, you know, just random YouTube videos about movies and comics and TV shows and stuff like that. And so a lot of them are film theories. And so this one was honestly devastating when I heard it because I like that is like super messed up. Because mm. the idea is if you hear blaster fire, there's not enough escape pods for everybody. So they're literally like murdering each other try to get into the escape pods to not blow up with a death star which sure. is horrifying to think about right so um in true me fashion i watched your video that you sent us thank you for time stamping that for me by the way yeah yeah oh yeah that's it's a lot of stuff in there and um i watched the part and then i promptly stopped and then went to disney plus and queued it up <laughs> To get the to get the actual audio like sans anything else that's in the recording and so, so it's a it's way a way more steps than i went through yeah <laughs> i didn't have anything to do on saturday so um when luke is pulling vader off the death star and he's going up the ramp of the lambda class shuttle you definitely can hear blaster fire in the background and so you you propose you you know you came across this fan theory that says that the stormtroopers are killing each other to make it to the escape pods in order to evacuate from the death star um so i was listening and it's a cute theory i'll give it that like someone <laughs> someone caught it i never caught it and um they're like hey why is that noise going on in this spot that's very strange and I'll grant you that it is very strange, but it's a single shot. So it's, it just goes, so like normally when you hear like anyone shooting Star Wars, it makes the pew, you know, kind of sound. Sure. Um, it's way better than that because it's created by a sound studio. But this time it's only a single shot and then you hear a crash and then you hear some other mechanical noises. And as I was listening, I found that it's on a loop. So it's like shot, crash, yeah. mechanical sound, shot, crash, mechanical sound. Which and so easy now that you say that. Right. I know, right? But I mean, like, we're not really paying. I mean, just the most dedicated of us Star Wars fans were ever paying attention to it. <laughs> I'm not even that guy. So um while it's a cute theory, it's certainly not like, but father, you'll die. And then it's like you know like and just you can tell that some squad is going off on another squad as they make their way to the escape vessels or what have you so i i mean if you want to think that's what's happening i think that's fine it adds a little bit of backstory to the whole situation it certainly could have happened but um i think they were just recycling their the sound effects they'd made yeah i mean it's just supposed to be like the destruction the yeah. you know things ripping apart and stuff like that because i mean i can tell you what like that'd be another you know, you go back and do like a Rogue One and you tell the same story, but from a different perspective where you do it slightly before, that would be an excellent story to talk about. Oh, yeah. You know, I, th I think they did this in like Jay and Silent Bob or whatever, like one of those clerks mm -hmm. or whatever, where like, you know, imagine like you're, you know, from the perspective of the actual stormtrooper or whatever, you're on board and like, you just took this job because you need to pay for, you know, college, for your space college or whatever for your kid. And all of a sudden, like you're being blown up and you didn't really do anything wrong. Yeah. Of course, you know, that's the whole argument there like did you do something wrong should you have signed to be a stormtrooper do you really want to work on construction of the death star you're making a moral stand there 
Yeah, they promised that I would graduate with a certain set of skills, right? So mm -hmm. after my term of service was up. But the, I have heard that, like, I've heard this, the chatter that, like, Luke is effectively a mass murderer because he kills, he blows up a station twice with, like, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people on it. You know, it's the size of a moon or whatever. Yeah, you no, know? yeah exactly, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, but I mean, that moon can blow up planets. And didn't you kill hundreds of millions when you blew up Alderaan? So, I mean, come on. Everyone's kind of pulling in the same direction when they're on that Death Star. And, and what's the alternative? You're like, make an announcement, like, attention, attention. Uh, <laughs> this thing's going to blow up pretty soon. Yeah, please prepare your defenses for the inevitable trench run. <clears throat> yeah, and even so. then, all right, so let you let all the people get off, you know, before you blow it up. There's not enough escape pods anyway no you know there never so, could be so that just people it, just get to know a little ahead of time before they die i mean i don't know that the empire is investing too much in the way of escape pods i mean like the tie fighters didn't even have atmosphere inside of them that's why they have to wear those suits like there's no shields or anything they can't they don't have hyperdrives. it's literally like dude gun engine okay we're all done we spent five dollars to make this thing now fly it in space so they they do the not care. To, all the money went to Vader's helmet. Yeah, <laughs> not kidding. Not that that thing was elite in its construction. So, so that was good. I'm glad we got through the th the fan theory. Um, so just, I mean, we've talked about you several times on the podcast, and you've always come up with extremely interesting points of view on a variety of topics. So, what I'd like to do is just kind of introduce you to the other four people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> And um, just kind of tell me your background with Star Wars and what interests you about it. Right. So like most people my age, I'm, I'm 40. So born in, in 82. Most people my age, I think, grew up knowing what Star Wars was. Um, but not we were I don't think anybody I grew up with was super interested in it. Um, other than just like it was something, you know, you watch every once in a while because it's you know, it was either on TV when they started showing movies on TV or everyone, I seemed like had a VHS of it. So you could just pop it in on a rainy day or something like that. So I've probably seen the first three movies dozens and dozens and dozens of times, but never actually like watched it seriously because it's just on and you know, you know, you know what's going to happen and stuff like that. Um, Super was not into the prequels um, for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, well, there's, a, there's a variety of them. You can take yeah, your pick. Yeah. So. Ha haven't actually finished watching the last three. Uh, Rogue One was by far my favorite one, and I've never mm -hmm. read a book. Haven't watched any of the Disney Plus stuff. Um, I think the reason that I listen and I like even talking about and thinking about Star Wars, I do like all the different layers when you guys talk about you know, the different philosophies that go into it. Uh, and even stuff with like you think about the changing attitudes towards race and gender and as they're being shown in the star wars universe like it oh, basically like in real time because it was like what the late 70s when the first three came out 77 and then and then like late 90s early 2000s or whatever for the for the next ones and yep. so you kind of like see progression of of you know how people feel about social issues and stuff like that played out right before you and sometimes the backlash of that too because you know yeah. like that's one of the more disturbing things too is to hear you know, fans have backlash against stuff like that too. So that's where more my interest in this is, is just kind of seen as a reflection of society and seeing honestly how like George Lucas came up with this. Cause obviously this isn't something he just invented out of nothing. He's you know, taking and drawing from different cultures and other movies and genres and stuff like that and kind of just smashing it all together. And it's turned into this uh, kind of wild thing. I'm, I'm developing this theory that if you, if you met a hundred people, it's not, a, it's not a new, I'm not developing it. I just applied it to this, but like, if you ask a hundred people, their favorite thing about star Wars, you get, you will get 100 different answers, you know? And so that's, I think one of the most, like, I want to say treasured, but that's not the right word. Like precious things about star yeah. Wars to me is that it's like this, it's so deep. It's so expansive that it's almost unifying in its relatability mm -hmm. and you know because like what what is interesting to me is not interesting to tom and what is interesting to tom is not may not be interesting to you but we all like this same thing for different reasons and yeah. you know anymore just finding a reason to have some kind of common ground with another human being is getting to be tough yeah i mean you ask people even like who their favorite character is too and it's, you're gonna get a million different answers and you yeah. get a good discussion about you know 
why and how and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, when you go on your rants about why you hate Han Solo, <laughs> you know, no, and knowing that like a lot of people, that's absolutely their favorite character or the only character they actually ever like related to it like. Sure. Which are people I know you wouldn't want to ever talk to, but. Oh, I talk to him. I just, I would just be like, if you're going to talk about solo, let's get ready to go a couple of rounds. But yeah. So like I was talking to a guy I work with today and he said that, uh, he picked up a graphic novel of the concept, like the first draft concept of star Wars. It's called the star Wars. That's the name of the, the novel. And, um, it's all it's basically this it's all the same names and there's a lot of familiarity there but it's like 52 card pickup it's like you threw all these concepts and people up into the air and it's like okay i need someone to be the bad guy it's luke skywalker it's not luke but like i mean like that's effectively like what it feels like and it's all this different hodgepodge and it was an interesting read but i mean i don't know that i would have kept going with star wars if that was the you know the foundation for it but it was an interesting read but I, he also told me something that it was like um, when I can't remember what director it was when they wanted to make space balls the guy went to Lucas and said hey I want to parody your show your movie Can, is it alright if I do that and Lucas apparently said to him yeah that's totally cool don't mess with Han Solo <laughs> and so the guy was like okay I'll make him look like Indiana Jones and Lucas was like cool you know, so I mean, like Han Solo and Indiana Jones are almost like the, the exact same character. Yeah, but so clearly George Lucas really likes Han Solo too. I mean, I think that it's a lot about what you're saying. Is that like at that point when Spaceballs came out? I think that was the early '80s, and Han Solo probably was the most relatable character in Star Wars for a lot of people. You know, and so you don't want to shatter the, you know, the. <laughs> you know, the precious box that he's been in this for 45 years. Have I mentioned that my favorite Han Solo scene is when his son stabs him through the chest with a lightsaber? <laughs> and, and everyone, and probably no one was more happy about that than um, Harrison Ford. Cause he just, he hated oh, the role, right? So he's been for decades has been like, please kill me. Please, 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 please. Like he was super upset in return of the Jedi. Cause he wanted Han to sacrifice himself for his friends because He's lived a solitary lifestyle. He's really only ever had Chewie that he trusted. And like, <clears throat> he wanted to make the character have the ultimate sacrifice for, and I, I don't disagree with his reasoning. That's an interesting idea. Well, I mean, idea. that would have been a really good character arc, honestly. Yeah. You know, but then like they have a book coming out later this year where it covers Han and Leia's wedding. You know, you don't get that without, you know, and Lucas has always been, reticent to kill off his characters so which which is weird for something that goes like multi-generations you know you'd think you'd want to you know just move on you know yeah we've Especially been in after, the... like people's children are like taking lead roles like okay let's just you know fade out now and i know that you listen to the podcast on a regular basis so you've probably heard me say like hey i am for pushing into new timelines and new story arcs with new characters past the torch that's one of the reasons i was so excited about the sequel trilogy was that they they actually cast three people that you could have been like here you go take the franchise you know and they were you know they went through a process of like each movie one of the original three characters kind of moves on you know and then uh everyone hated it so yeah i don't know it did it's it's weird because it felt like as much as I didn't like the first three, the, the prequel movies, it seemed like, and again, I haven't even watched the last movie. They seemed like very much like a retread. It just seemed like, oh, this. I feel like I'd heard this story before. You have. Know. You know, and, and so, yeah, it would have been really nice had they just gone in a different direction. Well, they hired J.J. Abrams, and he is the king of recycling movie scripts. So, <laughs> Just with bigger bombs and stuff. I mean, he destroyed Star Trek for me. I mean, I'm a, also a Star Trek fan, and he was just like, you know what? Let's blow up Vulcan. And just restart the whole timeline. Yeah. That's cool with everybody, right? I was like, JJ, point of order. I've been invested in Star Trek for 25 years and you just fucked everything for me. Thank you. Well, and nobody ever watched Star Wars or Star Trek because of the action. Like you watch right. it for the, like that's literally all like about like uh, drama and it is about like philosophy and religion and the human experience and like. It's their morality tales. That's, yeah, that's literally all it is. It's almost yeah. more of like a thinking. You can almost listen to it just as well on a radio. Yeah. You do like watch on TV. 
Good point. Where it's like we don't we don't need big explosions. Like just we want it. We want to hear something. We want to be entertained by you know the big things. You know what I mean? Like we want to we want to have to like really dive deep into that. So I know growing up, I w- my parents were huge. Well, my dad was a huge Trekkie. Therefore, my mom and my sister and I were Trekkies because my dad watched hmm. it all the time. And we would sit there like turn the TV off and like just talk about stuff, which is that weird. So cool. I was like, I think I was like eight years old, and, and but that's what he loved, loved about sci-fi in general. Yeah, it was just these grand philosophical things that are brought up in these different realms that you don't ever think about now. Like that's literally the whole point of watching those shows. Yeah, so that is big explosions uh, on that. No, I mean, and like, I mean, that's what always attracted me to Star Trek, you know, and like, in I think in a similar way to Star Wars. You know, they approach those kind of big topic life issues from different directions, but they still get you to have the conversation, you know, and like, you know, I just, I noticed that on Netflix the other day, Vikings Valhalla came out and I'm like, I'm probably not going to have to think much when I watch this show. (laughs) It might be great, but I'm not, it's not, I mean, like some, some action is great. Some drama is great and you can find really good stuff in each genre, but like, there's so little that's like what if what if we worked for the betterment of everybody yeah well and i think that's one of the cool things about this podcast is like you guys actually talk about behind the scenes stuff that if you're a casual star wars viewer like myself i don't ever i never think about that because i don't watch it multiple times and have an eye for stuff like that so it's cool to again that's one of the reasons i, I listen and you know write questions and stuff because that's like i never thought about the connection between you know the you know the role of the jedi in the universe and you know what that means for the individuals who are becoming jedis like that never would have crossed my mind because there's so much other stuff going on there's there's action there's adventure there's romance there's you know like i feel yeah it's like the whole thing where you can just throw some spaghetti against the wall something will stick but like one part of this are different yeah. people, like different elements of it but i think it's like the big fans who really dove deep and now that's becoming probably in my well in my opinion probably way more than george lucas ever thought it was going to be Oh, can you imagine? Here you are, like you're you're out of college. You've made like a movie or two. You've been trying to get this thing made and just having a hell of a time with it. And then it finally gets released, and you've gone through all this uphill climb, and it's like the biggest movie franchise in film history. I mean, that's just got. I mean, I would wake up being like, "That's I did it," you know. Like, I you've so, got to just have this amazing sense of accomplishment. So, and that's the thing too. So he really, really wants to get a movie made. How much compromising do you think he had to do from his original vision of what it was to be able to sell this to movie executives? Like, we're going to spend all this money. It's going to be this huge thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, did he want it, do you think, to be, um, you know, less action, more philosophy? Or, you know, would he have wanted to go more action and he just had to add all those other elements just kind of like, almost like kill time? Well, there's a, there's a neat documentary on net on uh, disney plus called empire of dreams and it's kind of all about how he got the movie off the ground and uh from what so i watched it and so what i was surprised at is back in the i mean here he is he's I don't, he doesn't have blockbusters he made american graffiti right and so like that did well so that was why the studio was willing to take a chance but he had to shop around just for someone because they were just like wait it's in space I mean, we'd only landed on the moon like eight years ago, you know, at that point where it came out. So, I mean, like at that point, like from what I remember them saying, like the space craze was kind of done. Like, oh, we we did it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are we, oh, we're going back? I don't know what's out there. So, but like he had to fight for things like he, he hired John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra to do the music. And like no one wanted to have a, you know, um, a soundtrack to orchestral music. You know, they wanted like they wanted to be able to insert songs that were popular, help bring people to the theater because they'd also get to listen to the songs that were popular. So and he fought for that and he got it. You know, he didn't they didn't want the crawl to happen at the beginning of the films. And that's like one of the most iconic things yeah. about Star Wars, because then you come out of that and you immediately get like, you know, the Tantive, you know, fours being chased by the Star Destroyer, you know, in New Hope. And that is that's gripping. Like they got you right there with that opening, you know, and like well, every yeah, star the, wars in the music too three notes into the song everyone's like oh star wars like here yeah. we go. it's instantly recognizable mm-hmm. you know so you know i'm glad that he fought for what he did has he made mistakes since 100 percent. 
but like he kept all the merchandising rights, you know, and they were like, this movie's not going to do anything. So yeah, we, that's fine. We'll, we'll acquiesce. But like the merchandising rights let him found like ILM and like his movie production company and like do all the things that was that took Star Wars from nothing into like literally a frontier blazing franchise for the film industry. You know, if you look at the, if you watch credits, which I don't expect anybody to do that, you know, through like, let's just say like a Marvel film or just any other action movie, ILM is going to be down there at the bottom of those credits, you know? So like he's in everything like, and they just, you know, he helped get, I think he helped get pick. I might be wrong about this, but I think he helped get Pixar off the ground or he spun that off into its own thing. So <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you were just saying like you appreciate about the pod that we kind of go like like maybe like a level deeper than you know, most other people who talk about it. Oh yeah. You know, and so what's just like the on the other side of that fence, like you know, I think about this stuff all the time. So like when I hear someone's opinion, like yours, who doesn't think about it literally every minute of the day, you know, I find I get so much more insight into Star Wars from that. And I give myself, you know, just by, I mean, everybody on the internet hates it. It seems like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, they did this bad or like <laughs> the Jedi are assholes, you know, or, you know, the only good thing about Star Wars is baby Yoda. Well, I mean, they're not, they're not trying to be awesome people. You know I mean? They're yeah. just, they're just trying to keep the galaxy from fracturing into a thousand pieces. But um, like when I hear, well, like when you, when you email our podcast and say, you know, Hey, what about this? I literally just like get geeked out and like, Oh, something new to think about. Thank God. You know, like it's so much fun. Well, and as in, from my perspective, I'm, I'm someone who I do a lot of history in my job. And so, you know, when I see things that have very clear correlations to things from history, you know, from the Republic to an empire, you know, so very much like ancient Rome and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And we, you know, like all like the religious elements, like literally stuff pulled out from Eastern religions, especially Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, um, this kind of stuff. Like, and that's why kind of why I asked at the beginning, like, what do you think his like inspirations were? Cause it's like, it must be pages and pages and pages of, of different elements of society that he draws from. On top of that, the, yeah, the philosophical elements that people don't normally think about, like the decisions that people make um and the ramifications those are things you don't think about because for a lot of people it's just an action movie right and so that's like when you guys bring up stuff about like yeah, this is a really really big decision and this is the you know where i'm trying to think of one specifically well so it's like the like you know the whole um arc of like anakin and all the decisions he made and how he could have made different decisions how things would have turned out so much differently i don't think most people think about that most people just take it as like well that's just the plot of the movie and this is what happened and either it was entertaining or it wasn't instead of going back and actually think about it there have been a couple of episodes where we get done recording tom and i and then we talk about we continue the conversation afterwards there's been a couple of times where we're almost literally like shouting at each other like how can you not understand <laughs> my point of view here and just like and I, he's like my best friend on earth you know and i'm just like anakin is the one that messed up tom it's not the jedi order it's anakin scott you know and just like he's like well let's just think about it from this other perspective just real quick and i'm like i don't need to because it's all his fault you know so and but I'm is there anything? The I'm more of the person that like eh, everyone's right. Like everyone's got their, you know, not even you're entitled to your own opinion, but like multiple things can be true at the same time, and that's that's just fine. Like I get that everything can't all be true at the same time. You know, it's not pure relativism, but it, you know, some sometimes an awful lot like time. Complementary right things can go could go, eh, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's part of my philosophy. Is there? anything about star wars that we have not yet talked about that you've been like hey i wish that they would touch it uh broach upon the subject a little bit or just a question in general that you might have about star wars i don't it doesn't have to be anything earth shattering i'm just curious well i think with all the all right so we're going back and telling all these stories we never told before or going in like super in depth about one character who maybe was just briefly highlighted and you might have already talked about this before, but who who is the one? Like, you know, maybe they appeared for like five minutes, but they just seem so interesting. Or like, like what is the backstory? Or then what happens next? Mm -hmm. Because they haven't done that yet, right? Have they? Have, they haven't done like a. Oh, I guess that was that's Boba Fett, right? They did that's, you know, he yeah, he's the he dies, and then yeah. then we find out what happens next. 
So what will he's be the, the big one? one? Who's who's the backstory? Who's the who's I want to find out what happens next person? Well, so I guess my we kind of touched on this a, a mini podcast ago, but like, um, so I think that the best platform for that kind of question and character development is the um, online role-playing game. So um, what the role-playing game has done has given an opportunity to develop an era of time that most people who are fans or even casual fans of Star Wars haven't thought about and probably won't be exposed to. And so I think that there are two characters that can be taken from that video game era, even though the RPG is still going on, that you could make standalone films about that would be pretty interesting. And so one is named Darth Revan. So he was from the Knights of the Old Republic video games 20 years ago now, which just shocks me. So like, I remember when I bought that By game. By the name, I'm guessing he's not one of the good guys. So it's, so the game lets you kind of play it either way, right? So it's canon wise, he is a redeemed, he started off as a Jedi, fell to the dark side and was redeemed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, he's really towed the line with uh, good and evil. Um, so he, there was a, there was a conflict long time ago between the Republic and the Mandalorians, which Tom loves. So we may be, we may talk about more about this in the future, but and so Revan was a Jedi Knight and he was, the council was like, don't get involved. It's not our, it's not our problem. So he was like, people's well-being is exactly our problem. I'm going to go help them. So he defies the council. He and his buddy Malik, off they go. They recruit a bunch of Jedi to help them. They go and fight this war. <clears throat> they do pretty well. They fall to the dark side. Then they come back with a fleet. And it's like, okay, it's our turn to beat up the Republic. So they do that for a while, a couple of years. <clears throat> and then um, he gets amnesia because of the, the, he was in a battle and he gets amnesia. And so there's a Jedi Knight that like through the force kind of like erases his memory. And so then you play the video game is like, he's this amnesiac who has to find out who he is. And then the decisions that you make will either tend toward the light or the dark side. I guess I didn't realize Professor X was a Jedi. Yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much what he is. So. Um, and so they they printed a, they printed at least one book about him after the game, and he just kind of caught on as this like, because he picked up like a Mandalorian mask, so he was like half like he, the character appears to be half Jedi, half Mandalorian. It's kind of this recipe for everything cool about Star Wars. And so because of this kind of like waffling back and forth nature that everybody had when they either played him in the game, read the book, or just thought about the character, there's a ton of ambiguity even though there is a canon resolution for his character. But I, so like the, the fan theory, if I can introduce one right here, is that Keanu Reeves will play Revan in a, one of the standalone films that's to be developed in the like next four or five years. Sold. Yeah, I know, right? So if you, if you get an opportunity, like uh, go to like Google and type in like Keanu Reeves Revan, R-E-V-A-N, and just like, the fan art that they did for him where they put him in Revan's clothes with his face. They give him a, a purple and a red lightsaber. It's just, it's fantastically beautiful. Like I would love to watch that film. You know, I think, and that's my favorite type of thing to consume in terms of media is like, so I really like the uh, Disney plus um, the what if like the Marvel, what if, like, mm -hmm. you know, just give me like 40 minutes, like tell me a cool story. Like it doesn't need to be all that involved. So I know George Lucas listens to this podcast, right? I, I imagine he has to. So I'm going to suggest this to George Lucas that he actually does not a what if, but just like a, I don't even know what you'd call it. You know, I don't know. Whatever. But One shot. Just take, yeah, he would take these minor characters and just give them, a, give them 40 minutes of exposition of, of a story of, of an adventure or something like that, just to kind of tie things together. If you put Star Wars in front of it, I'll watch it. I would watch that. Yeah. And so the other character is a more recent um, incarnation of uh, a bad guy. His name's Darth Malgus. He lived super long time ago, roughly in the same conflict that Revan was initially a part of. And eventually 
So at that time, the Sith bred people for very specific tasks, almost like a eugenics program. So like we bred you to be the leader, you're a fighter, you're a scientist. (laughs) Right. You know, we got to mix in like special traits for race. So, (laughs) or you're a scientist, you know? And so Malgus is bred to be like this, just like pound him out fighter. He's super cool. He actually goes up against, they do for the video, for the online MMO, they do a bunch of like five to 10 minute, like cinematic trailers and they are gorgeous all of them are gorgeous and so it the cinematic trailers kind of takes you through his life and at one point he goes up against the future leader of the jedi order satil shan and they just have this kick-ass fight and she actually like takes like the force and like throws him into a rock and it just like obliterates the mountainside and like he somehow survives but he's all fucked up so he has to have like this breathing tube like vader and he just looks evil, like an evil dude. But he eventually like leaves the Sith Order because he's like, none of you are Sith enough. I'm the only one that's a real Sith. So I'm going to leave and do my own thing. And then they're like... Taking my ball and going home. Exactly. So now, now we're all going to fight each other. And so they just, like last week, released a new, a new cinematic trailer for the uh, you know, most recent update to the game. And he's he's playing front roll front and center again, and I'm like, oh, this guy's back. He's so dope. So I think that they could. Those are the two characters that are quote unquote, I think, fleshed out enough that could warrant like a movie or like even like a six or seven limited series run for that. I mean, I would do it. I think they're great. <laughs> so I got another question. When I first yeah. started listening to the podcast, I was assuming that there because this is always the way fans of every sci-fi thing always do it or at least this maybe this is just um a cliche and this is an actually happens i've never been to like comic-con or something like that mm-hmm. but they always have questions about like the physics of everything sure. like how could this happen if this happened and this <laughs> yeah. happened and this happened like wouldn't blah 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 but you guys have never ever on the podcast as far as i can remember talked about one of those things right is there is there was that a something you decided to do or did that just happen because you're not interested in that kind of stuff i think that tom and i are both not interested in it so like i remember watching a movie an old movie called galaxy quest with uh alan rickman and sigourney weaver and tim somebody i can't ever remember his last name he's from michigan yeah uh, he was on home improvement huh tim allen probably tim allen yep and so they they were on a star trek like show and they would go to these like 15 years after the show was over they'd go to these conventions and people would be like in the episode um you know 814 you goes through the emitter array and uh, that you would be fried by the radiation you know and i'm like it's a show guys (laughs) they're just telling the story you know like if you ever watch star trek everything can be fixed if you depolarize the like the shield emitter or whatever it is the the deflector you know and so i'm like i don't know how that works the deflector is supposed to move space dust out of the way so i don't care i mean like that's okay i'll just believe it because it's science fiction but i mean like there are certainly things about star wars where i'm like guys in this show about space with laser swords set a long time ago somewhere deeply far away from my own planet that could never happen you know so if you don't dispense, if you don't suspend your disbelief and just believe what they're trying to, like the story they're trying to convey to you, I think you just wrap yourself in knots. But I think a lot of people do the same thing with the um, with the other elements of the of the show, the morality of it and stuff like that. I think people do the same thing; they glance over and like, eh, it's fine, like whatever. You know, everybody makes decisions right. as opposed to actually focusing on that instead of it it is weird because i mean that is again it's cliche it's the comic book guy it's like every nerd at every you know sci-fi convention whatever they have questions about you know phasers and stuff like that and whatever but it is at least again when i started listening i was like all right here we go we're gonna be talking about physics and i don't know anything about physics well that's the problem is neither do i yeah i'm very i'm very glad that didn't that didn't pop up but anyway i mean that's probably the cliche too is it's like a bunch of like science nerds watching sci-fi and so that's the the things they care about some people are trying to trying to answer those questions in reality. Like there are people who have legitimately made what they call a lightsaber. And it's effectively like a type of plasma between two points that they can swing around and cut things. And I'm like, this is terrible for everyone involved. <laughs> There's no practical use for that. Stop it. <laughs> you know, like this is the last thing we need is to have these like 
cheapened down to where you can buy them in a store and then you hand them to a four-year-old and he goes and cuts some old lady's knees off in the mall you know like like we don't need that question answered you know yeah. like now if you want to answer the question like how are you going to fly fly faster than light so we can colonize other planets cool go and answer that one but like otherwise you know some of the, i mean i'm in it for the more philosophical side of thing and tom is just you know he's a casual fan who enjoys star wars you know for what you get on the screen and so we've never really i'm just praying that he never asked me a question like all right drew how do you really make a lightsaber and i'm like well tom you don't because it's a it's a fictitious thing and a science fiction movie but this is how you would do it in universe so if the death star is as big as a moon how does it not affect gravity well so it would have to if it's something that right, big can't it's not have the tides on the planets right i mean like it's you i would i would think that if you built something that big next to another celestial body that it would affect it because of gravity i mean they you don't know? even need the laser they're just gonna every the tides will go crazy and everything all the cities will get washed out It'll you know if they had a if they burned out those phasers that that <laughs> death gun i mean they could over time really fuck up a lot of worlds with their the messing of the tidal yeah, waves just, the, yeah, that's all you gotta do I'm like, oh, your economies are slowly slumping now. <laughs> you know, I'm glad we built this. industry is gone. Yeah. That's why we built this weapon, was to screw up other planets' fishing industries. <laughs> We're so maniacal. Stuff. Yeah. Well, they got the sunk cost that they already built it now. You yeah, you got to use it. Otherwise, it's, it. it's just a complete sink. You know, those kinds of things are, get more costly over time. You got to maintain you know, that. So that's another thing, too. Like, in a lot of sci-fi movies, they have not just land dwelling creatures but you've got like flying creatures you've got underwater creatures does the star wars universe have anything at all like that oh I sure don't so i've seen those i don't think i've seen them in the movie I, other than like the, the frog people sure the gungans yeah thought, yeah um yeah so like i think one of the hallmarks of a star wars film is that you will and that's one of the things i kind of enjoy that's different about the tv shows is that like in the films you will have a sequence of shots that's like here's what's going on in space. Here's what's going on on the planet. Here's what's going on in this like personal battle between two people. And it's like these drastic changes in scale and environment. And the shows kind of zoom in on that a little bit. So it's not as big, but um, yeah, I mean, so like there's such a diversity of races in star Wars that if you end up, reading or just being exposed to enough material you'll end up with like you know this race lives underwater and here's their underwater problems and like this is a race of insects and this is what insect problems look like and <laughs> here's the umpteenth different culture of humans and on and on and on it goes and like this planet is a city so like what does that mean for the environment you know how do you maintain balance you know and so some of those things do get touched upon <clears throat> but unfortunately not the kind of question that's going to encapsulate viewership like immediately right so good for someone like me you know not as necessarily as gripping to a first-time viewer so um they really do have to balance that stuff out so finding the right place or the right you know project to put some of that stuff in can be i think probably very very tricky and i think they've they've done a pretty good job of like not overloading that kind of stuff like now that it's owned by disney they are experts at knowing you know what people want to watch so yeah. well your audience is seven to 70 so like you have right. to touch on a lot of different elements yeah i'm sure that disney's trending more toward the seven area than they've made all their money off of kids and their parents money so i mean have, have ewoks showed back up again i feel like ewoks was the ultimate play towards kids i mean like oh right like literal, i mean literal teddy bears like teddy bears uh, walking around with sticks and bows and arrows yeah. um I wouldn't mind seeing, I mean, yeah, they have, I mean, they, they have shown up periodically, but like certainly not at the same kind of like in film that we originally saw in the original trilogy, but I wouldn't mind stopping by Endor again and being like, hey, how's everyone doing? You guys still good? Still using nets to catch animals? Because the they, they, they didn't have a representative like in the Senate or whatever, right? I mean, oh, no. Were, like they're just <laughs> like they're, they're sticking on their moon. You know what's funny about that is that um, in the prequel trilogy, when they would have those big Senate meetings, one of those groups was ET's people. Oh. So like, 
I don't know where it is. I I've confirmed that it's a real thing that they put in like, you know, ouch, you know, into yeah. the, into the actual thing. They had like robes on. They had like, they were sitting in one of the chairs and Even I was like, oh, was that's a long cool. Time ago, like really far away. Yeah. They're a long lived race. No, I know, but I feel like they would purposely try to avoid that. Or maybe that was so early in the scheme of things. They would, you know what I mean? I, I feel like they would have desperately tried to avoid that kind of thing. Oh, well, I think one of the fun things about Star Wars is that, um, I mean, there's whole like YouTube channels dedicated to finding all the Easter eggs and that kind of stuff. And so I think they know that that's out there, that they're willing to drop an Easter egg or two to keep those people happy. <laughs> Did you guys talk about the NSYNC yet, thing yet? No. Oh, do you want to? Sure. <laughs> so so uh, I didn't see any clips of it. There were definitely like, uh, what do you call them, like storyboards or whatever where InSync was supposed to be in one of the original, one of the, the prequel movies. And I think it was just for a second. I think they were going to be like, um, you know, in a, some sort of like fighter, you know, spacecraft or like, you know, running into battle or something like that. But it was going to be enough where you like, you would definitely see them. And you could pick, oh, there's JC and there's, you know. <laughs> um, and, I, and I know that even though I wasn't a huge fan, I was like, no, I don't think so. Like that's. I'm with you on this one. Like I'm. I think that one of the reasons that Star Wars has been as popular as it's been as it's been as it introduced people that you wouldn't otherwise have seen in film and stage as the main characters of this story. So I've always been a proponent of if you don't know who they are, they're worthy of being in Star Wars. But if you recognize some dude, you don't get the part. Now they've completely gone away from that because about every episode of the TV show has some five minute guest star from like machete or <laughs> you know some uh you know some girl from like i mean so like um the actress jennifer beals that was in flash dance she was a character on the book of boba fett this season for a couple episodes and like to be fair they put her, they dressed her up as an alien so you weren't immediately aware that it was jennifer beals but like did they dump the water at the end <laughs> that would have been sweet she got blown up so <laughs> oh okay yeah That's she doesn't make it but um surprise yeah, I know. I mean, so, but like Star Wars doesn't need that kind of like instant gratification recognition from just having like Machete do five minutes in one episode. I mean, it's cool for them, I'm sure, to be in the, in the thing. Like Daniel Craig played a stormtrooper in the new prequel trilogy or in the sequel trilogy. And you don't, you have no idea that it's him. And like, if that's, if that's what you want to do, great. Cause I can't see your face but I don't need Daniel Craig to be like, Hey, I was in star. I was in star Wars for it to be, to mean anything more to me. Like I was very happy that the roles of like Ray and Finn and Poe in the new, in the sequel trilogy went to relatively unknown actors. I mean, Oscar Isaac is a, I believe Academy Academy award nominee, but the other two I'd never heard of before. And I was like, dope. That's great. I get to be a fan of somebody new. Or like your Sam Jacksons, like he played. Well, I know, I know, I know this character. He was, he was Mace Windu, right? That's right. Nice job. Yes, I got one of them. So, but even that, like, I don't think that detracted from the movies, right? Even though he was a well-known actor. No, I don't think it detracted. His role was relatively minor in the actual films, and um, he dies, you know. So, Hence, I don't think it detracted, but like, I d- also didn't require it. You know, like yeah. it didn't do anything for me that Sam Sam Jackson wanted to be in Star Wars. I mean, the dude's yeah. worked every day of his life for like 70 years. Like he's just an amazingly hard worker, but I don't need Sam Jackson in Star Wars. It doesn't do anything for me. No, and I think that that's where I think we disagree because I think Star Wars is so big, it doesn't matter. It could be a oh, sure. cast. Like you, you can know every single actor in the movie and it would still work, I think. I think, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, I, like... I, you know, the original movies, when they didn't have really, really a lot of really well-known actors, I think that worked to their advantage because then those characters became those actors. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like Star Wars is so big, it's like, yeah, anyone can be in the universe, you know. Like, That's a good point. Well, especially if Keanu Reeves can be in it, you know. Yeah, yeah that would just be, that would be the inclusion that I would be like, I'm up for it. That Nana Kendrick. <laughs> what? What would she be? It doesn't matter. She would be great at it. She's omnitalented. <laughs> She's a quadruple threat. I would, you know, to be honest, like she does a bunch of like, um, 
like cheery roles. There's a new show coming up. I think it's in 2024. It's called The Acolyte. It's supposed to be about dark side force users in like an unknown time frame. Um, and it's more of like a mystery set in Star Wars. I would love to see her in that. That would be fantastic. But I'm just saying this because Anna Kendrick's my favorite human being on Earth. So, which is another reason, like you're uh, like my friend Jackson. Yeah, sounds like a great guy. <laughs> you're exactly the same. Time. Yeah, he'll be he'll be the next guest host, by the way. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> yeah. So we've got all these. Um, different types of stories that you can tell through star wars right we've got these origin stories we've got yeah they do like murder mysteries and stuff mm -hmm. like that is there one like if they went like a straight up like um like comedy <laughs> would that would that could that would that fly i'm like i'm assuming it's got to be like ewoks or c3po or like something like that like would that would that fly with star wars fans do you think I think, it, I think it would depend on which Star Wars fan. So, like, um, they have a story coming out, a show coming out, I believe, in 2023 called A Droid Story. And I, it's R2-D2 and C-3PO and, like, they're hit, like, weird-ass adventures, right? So, yeah. you know, if kids dig that, great. I'm thrilled. You know, and they're like, I, I will probably not, that'll probably be the one thing I don't watch. But, like, if there's a place that introduced comedy, which Star Wars has always tried to have a little comedy in it, mm -hmm. but it's always been dry and campy. So if you wanted to go with like a different kind of humor, maybe one dedicated towards a younger group of viewers, that would be cool. I'm happy to let them try. I'm willing for them to do anything differently at this point. So, <laughs> Well, because their first attempt at comedy like that, like Christmas special. Which I've never watched. Oh, oh. Well, there's one I have on you, Drew. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's terrible. No, yeah. it's, uh, because they did. They tried to do like a sitcom feel and they tried to do like a, like a cabaret feel. They tried to do like, there was a whole sequence where a uh, hologram is just dancing. And it's not like mm -hmm. dancing for like 20 seconds, like for like five minutes, like the whole song. <laughs> and like Chewbacca's son is just like clapping and watching this um, really bizarre like dance that's going on. I think it was like two hours long. Yeah, it sounds like what they would do. So, like at the beginning, I think I think I think you can watch it on YouTube. Like the oh sure, thing. and it's just got off. So it was either supposed to be a half hour and then end up being an hour, because the network's just like, oh no, you need to fill some more time. So I think whatever if they want it to be an hour and it ends up being two hours or you know whatever it was, they doubled the time. They literally just found some filler, and so hmm. there's all these just weird sequences. There's like a cooking show in the <laughs> middle of it. It's you have to you really do have to watch it. Probably I'll probably sitting. end up watching it at some yeah, point. Not, not in one sitting. That's too much for anybody. But um, <laughs> And so that's, I, yeah, I wonder, like, if they shied away from that kind of stuff because the first one failed so epically. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, plus, like, I've always just felt like the type of humor, what I would kind of like to see is a thriller set in Star Wars. I think there could be, there's plenty of, um, like something on Dagobah. So like um, my only issue with like, so like I feel like you and I are discussing like genres that will push away from like the happy gooey middle that Star Wars likes to exist in. And so I would like to see it. I would watch a comedy or a thriller set in the Star Wars universe. I don't know that if you're on Disney plus and like your kids watch it for like the Pixar and like animated films come out like Encanto or something like that, that if you just were clicking through ready to get to their show and you saw thriller set in star Wars universe show that you would be like, okay, I'm going to come back to that once they go to bed. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, but like I would, but I don't have kids. So, but it'd have to, it have to say like, you know, like TV 17 or something like that right. for the ratings they give on like, TV. This is clearly not for your kid. Right. Yeah. Like this is, and I do, I do think that what Disney feels, a, a, you know, scratches that itch is like their TV programming that they're putting out right now, like the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett. So they're like, that's for you, you know, guys who have watched all the trilogies. Right. So, and then we're going to <clears throat> hit the fringes with some of this other stuff. Now I'm just, after the sequel trilogy, they kind of blew up all their plans and went back to the drawing board for their like slate of movies that they promised directors. So I don't have it. We have no knowledge as to what those plot lines will be. But I mean, Taika Waititi, is that how you say his last name? Sure, yeah. 
Taika. No, I don't know. I know who you're. I know, yeah, I have a picture yeah. of him in my head. Like, he he gets a movie. I, will, I think I, Colin. I will mispronounce it worse than you, so I'm not even. Gonna oh, gotcha. I know that Taika gets one. I think Colin Trevorrow's got one. There's a trilogy coming out with a guy. Oh, I cannot remember his last name. His first name's Ryan. He was one of the directors of the sequel trilogy, I believe. He's got a trilogy coming out. And I think there's one more plan. So there's like a legit half a dozen more films on the drawing board, you know, before the decade's over. <laughs> you know, and so plus they're coming out with like roughly like two shows a year for the next three years. I mean, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. It's a lot of, a lot of product coming out. Yeah. <clears throat> so I know you, you only know, had a limited amount of time. How much more time do you think you have on the pod today? Oh, a little bit more. I guess I got at least one more one more thing we can go down. Oh, cool. So okay, so talking genres. So yeah. all right, you know the movie? I think it's called Brightburn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like dark right. Superman or whatever. Right, but they never, but they never say Superman. They never say you know anything like that. Right. It's exactly all, who he is. So if they wanted to do that, so you wanted to do like uh, even like a horror movie. Mm-hmm about so i don't remember the name of the creature but like when luke gets like captured and pushed in a like ice cave oh the wampa yeah right so you could totally do you know like there's a village right by that it comes and snatches people at night you could totally yeah. do a horror movie about that you would just have to call it something different and the word sure. star wars never need to be anywhere near there but there's oh. tons of horrifying things oh yeah star wars university yeah the, the thriller thing the murder mystery like you could produce those things they just need to not at all mention you know darth vader yeah exactly and, and people could totally do that so i have to do that when they showed the brightburn cave you're like oh that's superman oh he's a bad guy oh i get it right. but they didn't say dc it didn't say you know like you, you know you just get it gotcha um so i have this i've had this idea kicking around in the back of my head now for a while where it's basically like star wars after dark where it's like okay your kids are in bed it's time you can watch like programming directed at you adults and it's like okay it's Star Wars, and you know it's Star Wars, but it's yet it's horrifically gra- graphic and violent, and it's scary, and it's meant to scare you. Like the products that we get from them don't do don't go to those edges. So I think like to do what you just said, which I would be up for, you know, and at least some, you know, some amount would be just like just take the take the storytelling shackles off, let them tell Brightburn in in Star Wars, like all so like one of the one of the qualms i've always had about star wars is like emperor palpatine darth vader kylo ren all these like dark side people who are fueled by things like anger and rage and like jealousy and stuff they always act so self-controlled like oh yours is a cold calculating rage that really comes across well (laughs) on on, you know on film like go ahead like so everyone bitched about adam driver's kylo ren portrayal and i was like Sith would totally throw temper tantrums and then kill people in the middle of it. That's who they are. You know, like when you take like, so like Vader's like, I'm just going to choke this bitch at the table with my fingers, you know, like, and Kylo's like, I'm just going to destroy this chair and this console. And then I'm going to grab this dude from across the room and no, he never gets seen again. So you just have to kind of imagine. But like, I was like, that's what a Sith is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Restraints off, you know, like, so I think that, well, and like that's what Darth Vader does in a room full of other people. Like, what does he do? Like, you, right. you come into his office and you got bad news for him. Like, then you know, <laughs> what's he you, doing then when no one's around? <laughs> I guarantee you, that's the kind of message that rolls down the chain. You know, like <laughs> um, first private Erickson report to Darth Vader with this hollow pad, and then read him the message. And he's like, oh, I hope that was. Because he even does that through like the um, like the hologram messaging thing, right? Yep. Like he's not even in the room, and he's still like. <sighs> take that buddy admiral ozzel came out of hyperspace too close to the planet it was a huge mistake i have no idea why but like um apparently vader was sick of it and so he just like he didn't even move that time he just looked at him and was like okay i'm gonna close off your windpipe so not a great guy to work for i mean you get promoted quickly but then the you get blamed for a lot of stuff but no i feel like there's so much out there yeah if you really want to like just jump to the different genres and stuff like that that would be I mean, I could even see, like, honestly, do, like, a fake travel show. We, like, go to the different plants, and you've got, like, your like, person trying the different cuisine and talking to the locals and listening to their music and stuff like that. That would be hilarious. I think that would be hilarious, um, Winkle. I mean, I could see that. if you. So there's this character in the book of Boba Fett that I really enjoy. He's a uh, Twi'lek. I don't know if that means anything to you, but he's got the head, head tails. Okay. 
they drop that chick into Jabba's rancor pit in the in the in the films. She was dancing on a chain. That's a Twilight. Um, and he's kind of this like fast talker, charming, you know, his mouth is what gets him into and out of trouble kind of guy. I just love him. And like if he hosted like, you know, today we're gonna go to Corellia. We're gonna see some ships being built, we're gonna try their local soups, you know. Like I would be like the chicken and waffles are amazing here. This is this is a neat take. Like, you know, the guy Fieri of Star Wars. I would kind of be yeah. up for that, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even yeah. if it was like, um, you know, they always do like the after credit snippets. Mm-hmm. Just one series, that's what it is. Like you're, you know, like whatever planet the they visited, like he's just gonna do a little five minute scene. He's gonna talk to somebody and like, let's go yeah. check out the beach. We're gonna get that's this whatever shit. drink and you're, this, is, this is some good. These are some nuggets right here. Once again, I know George Lucas listens to the podcast, so I'm glad we're giving him all these ideas. Uh, I mean, at this already, point, like our, ten years out, now they can go fifteen. Our listenership is essentially the planet Earth, so. <laughs> You know what's funny about the the analytics on the webs on Anchor where we used to um, post the podcast is that like it tells you the countries where people are listening to you and like in America and I mean at least these different countries they'll give you like the region that people are in, but you can also click on the planet Earth and see like if any other planets are listening. To your podcast. So far, I, I yeah, and I'm just like I'm desperate for there just to be a one on some other planet at some point. <laughs> Just to be like, oh my word. Or at least a space station. That'd be nice. Oh man. Like next time Jeff Bezos is in like the, you know, <laughs> the atmosphere, you can do something. I heard that they are decommissioning the International Space Station and planning I mean, some have, some kind of fall one, right? into the atmosphere that's gonna burn yeah. it up. It seems like with all the talk about Mars and you know, more moon stuff, it seems like that'd be the next logical thing is just start sending people from there. Right. I mean, I know I heard today that uh, Europe is launching its own Mars rover program at some point this year if Russia doesn't shut them down. <laughs> you know. Oh, because that's where everything launches from, too, isn't that the Ukraine? I'm not certain, but I hope not because <laughs> pretty sure it would be super cool. I mean, if they got their own Mars rover, I think so. Let's put it on the other side of the planet. We get out, there's a lot of space up there on Mars. So, just flags everywhere. I watched this really interesting program on YouTube um, that was about like how we would terraform Venus if we were ever going to live there. And there was actually like a scientific think tank that came up with a series of steps in order to make Venus habitable. Because the problem with Venus, it's like crazy hot and like crazy hot atmosphere is like hydrochloric acid or something like that oh it's terrible like it's the least i mean other than the gas giants it's like the least good planet to go to right yeah so like the first part is just like what you said like how do you how do you get rid of the atmosphere right so like their intro like their answer was like introduce water so you have to go to like to the one of the moons of jupiter to cut out the ice and then there's like these weird, almost like trebuchet looking things that like you would have in space that fling the ice and then use. We're not, we're not dragging it, we're launching it. We're launching it. So like you have to drag it up to outside of Ju- outside of the moon. You put it on one of these things and it slings it into like Jupiter's atmosphere, which then propels it back to Venus. And like the way and timing of it, it would enter into Venus's atmosphere and then go on to the planet. And then it would slowly over like literally hundreds of years of doing this, give enough water to change the atmosphere chemically. And then there's like another step to like terraform the earth and then introduce life. And it's like 600 years it would take to do it. And at at the same time, all those single cell organisms that are living on that ice plant or that ice moon or that's going to be the, the all dead genesis yeah. of life on venus and stuff i mean if it's us or them i mean they're single celled we're multi-celled so i mean we're gonna win well no but like that i mean that's what happened on earth right like it started out as a single cell so if you yeah bacteria whatever it was you know because that's what what is it? it's like europa is like the moon yeah i think that's the one right it's like yeah something like that it's got but it's got ice but it's also got water underneath it so like theoretically right. there could be something living in there Right. There was a neat movie on Netflix with Sam Worthington where they adapted the human body to go and live in that atmosphere. And they like got one guy, they got like one guy that could do it and they shipped him off to the way he's living there by himself. It was a terrible film. That doesn't sound very uh, appealing. 
No, but it was more like a horror do, movie. I was like, to do or watch. That doesn't... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it just seemed, it was a very, very interesting take on a, you know, it's one of those, it's like, this is based in science, but it totally ended up as a horror film. It was but interesting. Yeah, Star Wars could totally do that. I know. Characters for it. They did write a book where there was, it was a Star Destroyer and like, um, they were carrying some kind of like biological agent. And it basically turned the crew into zombies, like Star Wars-esque zombies. So then you, like this other, like, go find out what happened. So then this crew lands on the ship and like, it's like, they had to figure out what's going on. Like the whole crew, like hundreds of people are zombies. And so they have to fight their way through to like make it off the ship. You know, it's kind of like, we'll blow that shit up. We don't need to know about that anymore. And I think like that was an interest. It didn't do great, I don't think. But like, I'm like, hey man, you're telling a horror story. You put zombies in Star Wars. You're trying to do something. I'm going to give you some props. When you said they started to go more into like the huts and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, how cool would that be if they did like a like a Sopranos kind of show, or like just like a you know like a mafia kind of show, where like they were the main characters, and so then you go through all like the wheelings and dealings, and you know that kind of stuff. The, the I I once again, man. I mean, you should be writing this down. I mean. I know that we're we're joking that George listens to the podcast, but this is some. I, th- I think these are some fun ideas. This is what I do. I'm an idea guy. You sure are. This is also where I stop too. I just I just come up with the ideas. Somebody right. else can do that later. I, I I feel like I'm also like that. Like I just want to have the idea and then someone else follow through on it. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. You know, give me ten percent of the profits or whatever it is, and I'll come up with my next idea. Or whatever. If they just put my name on it, I'm I'm totally fine yeah. with that. I mean, I there's a price I'm willing to accept, right? So. Oh no, just credit. I'm usually because <laughs> they're because I know somebody would do much better with it than I would anyway. So like, if you yeah. take my idea and run with it, I'm a hundred percent happy with that. Cool. So. That's a good that, spot. We pray we praise ourselves, and that's how we end the show. Is that how? Actually, yeah, that's typically like. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's usually how it goes. We don't mess up on how we, we sign out. So I typically just like to go with, thanks for listening and may the force be with you. But if you've got another spin on it, then I'd be happy to hear it. Uh, live long and prosper. Okay, definitely not Star Wars, but I appreciate the effort. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us, man. It's, been, it's great talking to you. Yeah, good to be here. Good to be on the show instead of uh, writing in. Yeah, I can't wait to read your next email. I'm not going to listen to this one. It's going to be a while. Okay, I understand. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye.